Non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! 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 What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. It's going to get weird today, guys. It's gonna get weird. Treat for you today. Well, I'm an '80s kid, as so long as we got each other. I remember being a little boy, my pajamas. You know the pajamas with the zip all the way up, and you got the little footies. footies, like wearing that, my little blue footies thing, just sitting there watching Kirk Cameron. I'm so lost. Were they growing pants? I'm so lost. Hey, you don't even belong on this show today. Yeah, you were born in '81. Um, '81. Oh, '80s kid. Yeah, you're totally '80s kid. Well, you were born in what? '89. '89. You're not an '80s kid. Uh, no. I mean, technically. You existed in the 80s, technical. but you have no 80s culture in you. And you have, I mean, really, you, you're out of your element that's right now. That's right. You're out of your element right I, now, I but it's going to get... big kids table today. It's a big kids table. You're gonna, it's going to get weird today, everybody, just so you know. It's going to get weird because I grew up as a kid watching Kirk Cameron, Growing Pains. Yeah. Love that. Love that show, watching all his movies. I even reminded him of, of, of a movie that he did. Uh, where he played a doctor, because I know all these things. You tried to forget it. And I want to show everybody right now, too, as we open the show up, I want to show you something that, um, you know, I I wouldn't have announced publicly um, ever. Is that the poster you had? But since he's on the show today, we're going to have Kirk Cameron on the show today. (gasps) What? That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, Since he's on the show, I'll go ahead and admit this. Uh, My sister knows this. My mother and father knew this. But in the 80s, I was such a Kirk Cameron fan that when my sister would have like the Teen Bop magazines. Teen Bop. Is that what it was called? Teen Bop. Yeah. See, you're not really an 80s kid. You don't even know this. I'm the oldest. I didn't have a sister. Okay. Teen Bop. That's true. You were a man. Um, But I had a sister. (laughs) I had a sister who had Teen Bop magazines. And uh, so, you know, like all all the new kids on the block and all that stuff. Like, you know, Kirk Cameron, all those guys. You You just put him in the same category as new kids on the block. I did, but it's just because it's like an 80s thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's all all the rage now with Stranger Things, like 80s culture. Like, you know, he's he's an an 80s icon. So anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and pull it up on the screen there. There, Gabe. This this is the poster that I actually had on my wall uh, as a as a child. You just have no shame today, huh? I you know I just I I don't know why it was this poster because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could have been a better one of Kirk Cameron. You know, as a young boy, a I don't know. One. But it was just you know just sort of like it's almost like the Kirk Cameron starring in Greece. 
Kurt Cameron, Grease, 1988 version. Like that's exactly what it looks like right there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there you go. That's the one you had in your room. That was on my wall. So today's always today's gonna get weird. Now, now that wasn't written from Kirk to me. That's just I found that (laughs) I found that I found that on that was on Etsy. Anyway, so we usually start the show off not you know uh, fanboying and getting weird like this, but anyway, we usually start with Bible verse, and so very. Important Bible verse, uh, Isaiah 59, 14, justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter. Mm. Man, is there a better Amen. verse to describe where we're at Sums today? Sums up the culture nicely. That's beautiful. It's almost like God's word, you know, is the truth. And it's, uh, you mm. know, something you can always stand on. Um, so, hey, uh, this is Apologia Radio, gospel heard around the world. You can get more at ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, Studios.com. Go to ApologiaStudios.com. Sign up for all access. When you do, you get right now some new courses with the Academy. You get Collision, where we engage with popular cultural talking heads, uh, worldview stuff, bringing the Christian worldview and the gospel into collision in the public square against all the ideas that try to take down the knowledge of Christ. And so we also have the Apologia After Show. Right after this show, we're going over to Apologia Studios to continue talking for the After Show just for our all-access partners in ministry. I want to say thank you to all of you guys who are part of this ministry with us because you make everything we do possible, whether it's the evangelism videos or outreach, the teaching. Um, I just went to Alabama. We had to do a whirlwind, real fast trip to Alabama because we have a bill in Alabama, HB 454. Uh, uh, Representative Ernie Yarbrough and uh, some amazing things are happening there right now. It's a bill of abolition. It's happening in Alabama and uh, Lord willing again next session because the session is basically almost over. But while I was on the way to Alabama, um, I got stopped in the airport both ways and on the street in Alabama numerous times, a bunch of times by people who said that uh, God had used the content uh, to, uh, to basically change their lives. One guy said he came to Christ out of addiction through watching the content. Uh, people started building businesses and their families were being transformed through all the content through Apologia Studio. So praise God for his grace and all that, all glory to God for that. But all of that takes place because everybody mm-hmm. who's all access is partners with us in his ministry. So sign up and uh, help us uh, in all that we're doing to bring the gospel into conflict uh, with the world. And uh, that's Luke the Bear. What up? I'm Jeff the Coleman the Ninja. That's Zach Conover right hey, there. Everyone. Director of Communications for End Abortion Now. And let's get right to it. So right. uh, again, I, he needs no introduction. I mean, you know, it's Kirk Cameron. True. It's Kirk Cameron. 1980s he was you know like he was the he was the biggest the biggest biggest he was he was Kirk Cameron and then uh and then of course you know everyone knows uh the stuff that he did with our good friends mm-hmm. over with Living Waters Ray mm-hmm. Comfort a very good friend of mine and all that stuff early was that like sort of like uh, early 2000s he yeah. was doing that with Ray so everyone knows about the evangelism videos all that he was doing with Living Waters really grateful for that and of course everybody knows Kirk Cameron in the Christian world because of the left Behind series. That's what I was going to say is like, that's the first time I saw. Yeah. See, that's, see, that makes sense to me is you 89, you're wow. born in 89. You were probably listening to Carmen and watching Left Behind. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that probably identifies Isaac a lot. He was like Carmen and Left Behind. Yeah. That's, yep. So that's what Isaac's probably in the background now freaking out because yeah. Kirk Cameron's on. He's like, what? The Left Behind guy? He's like, my favorite actor, my favorite eschatology. Right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's bring him on. No further ado. Uh, Kirk Cameron, welcome to Apologia Radio, brother. 
It's really good to be with you guys. And just listening to you banter back and forth about the 1980s. Come on, is, isn't this more fun than fighting the communists? Yes, absolutely. Oh, totally. <laughs> I love that actually, this is Kirk Cameron saying these things. <laughs> actually, you know, if, if we spent more time fighting the communists back in the 1980s, maybe we wouldn't be in this cultural position we find ourselves preach. in now. Oh, preach. preach, exactly right. See, doesn't everyone love the fact that you are talking to Kirk Cameron right now, talking about fighting communism, a well, man who's preaching the gospel, and, and he's now engaging in fights in the public square. So, Kirk, what's what's going on with you? I know you wrote a book. It's a children's book and uh, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about Scripture, and you've been in some significant fights over the last couple of months. So what's up with you, brother? Well, <clears throat> you know, I have been touring the country since about Christmas time when I wrote this children's book, which was about biblical wisdom and the fruit of the Spirit. I wanted to teach this to kids because so many story hours in public libraries ha have been hijacked and occupied by drag queens who mm -hmm. are sexualizing, uh, grooming little kids with these horrific ideas. And parents came out of the woodwork to come to these libraries and have their kids learn about biblical wisdom and the fruit of the spirit. When I got some pushback, I actually wrote letters to libraries who were telling me that uh, they didn't want my message, that their values didn't align, that these are uh, queer-friendly communities, and they're looking for authors of color. I sent them a letter and reminded them it's the United States of America, and that that's viewpoint discrimination. If they continue that kind of thing, I would be prepared to assert my constitutional rights in court. Well, they reversed course. They caved. We went to the library in Indianapolis as the first one, uh, and we had 2,500 parents and children show up overwhelmed wow. that library on six floors down the escalator and out the front door and down the street, Man. not because they're interested in Mike Sieber or reading a book, but because they are looking for a platform and a voice to express their, their deep desire and passion to exit the woke matrix. Hmm. Uh, yeah. There are millions of people who have already been red pilled since, oh, I don't know, the pandemic. That's one of the best things that came out of it is people start to realize that there's some deeper magic going on here that is very sinister. And this is all about the disorganization and the deconstruction of our present societal structure for the purpose of replacing it with something entirely different. And um, now I'm, I'm, I've written a book called Pride Comes Before the Fall. It's releasing today, June 1st, oh. and it's all about humility. Awesome. And I was in Seattle Public Library this last weekend and was met by hundreds of uh, parents and kids there as well as a few protesters. Uh, one of them, there's a great picture if you haven't seen this on the internet, but there's a protester who made a big, beautiful sign that said, uh, Kirk, you're growing into a real pain. <laughs> and, you gotta uh, give it to kudos. kudos on I creativity. did, I'd say nicely played, sir. Yes. And great, A for effort on the arts and crafts, but in truth, I, I think they've got the messaging wrong. I want to send them a free copy of the book because it's not an anti-LGBTQ book. It is a pro-humility book. And at the end of the day, I'm not trying to turn everybody straight. I'm trying to turn hearts and minds of children toward the God who made them and loves them and offers them a path toward blessing. And it starts with humility. Mm. That's, what, that's the beginning of the gospel, that's repentance, the gospel. Yep. recognizing your broken condition, your need for Christ. Exactly. So, Kirk, it's, it's interesting because you're holding these events at public libraries uh, talking about Scripture, 
talking about Christ, talking about God's word. And it sounds like your events are attended by more people than attend the drag queen story hours. And so it looks like you are reveal you you are able to do something that I think is so important to do, and that's a revelation to our culture that actually what's underneath it, outside of the the media and all the promotion of all of this insanity, what's underneath it is actually a a culture, a community of people, many of them who trust in Christ and stand in the Bible, who don't want this stuff to overwhelm our nation any longer and want to resist it, but they're waiting for people who will be. Uh, courageous and champions to stand up in the public square with the truth. The text I read at the beginning of, of the show today, justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter. And I think what we've seen over the last generation is the dominant um, uh, force and uh, testimony in the public square is that of, of those who reject Christ, reject God's word, reject biblical revelation, reject biblical morality. They're the ones talking and owning the, the or having the most speech in the public square. And so you have done something over the last couple of months, I think has done what many things have done over even the last couple of months, and that is reveal what's really underneath all of this outside of what the media promotes and that is that there is a large, large group of people who resist these right. things. They don't want these things. I mean, even from the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light situation with yeah. the heavy, heavy losses that Bud Light has sustained um, by putting Dylan Mulvaney on his own can. Uh, Target now experiencing the losses because people are saying, look, you know, I'm, I'll, show you, I'll show you what you're losing by losing me. If you mm -hmm. want to promote this, this stuff, then I'm not going to shop. I'll boycott for a month or whatever. You'll see how it's going to hit you. And so I just love that how you describe that. You've got people pouring out of this place. And Kirk, they're not even listening to you. They can't even hear you downstairs. They're just taking a stand in the public square. They're, they're, yes, and they're doing even more than that. I was, I was, I was deeply inspired by their courage when 2,000 people who never got into the children's reading room, rather than getting upset, they actually broke out the books and started their own story hours in the aisles between bookshelves. Wow. And they started their own praise and worship sessions in the lobby and down the escalator in the public library, where, by the way, no one goes anymore, according to the police, because of all the riots and the, uh, the destabilization of their city due to all of these woke and broke policies. Wow. Suddenly it's filled with families and they're yeah. singing praises to God. So that tells me that um, as, as is obvious in Hollywood where I live, perception is not reality. Right. I live in the land of make-believe. We fool people with our movies for a living. And the perception is that everybody's gone woke the majority of the people uh, are not interested in God and they're not interested in preserving the principles of America because America's bad and, and family's unnecessary. We have government programs to take care of kids. That's, that's not true. Everywhere that I go, <laughs> I'm finding that there is a, a growing rumbling of revival in the hearts and minds of moms and dads who recognize what we're losing. Uh, mm -hmm. Grandparents are the best because they recognize the change more than anyone. They've been around longer, so they've seen the, the cultural decline, and their conscience tells them it happened on their watch. Mm -hmm. I feel that as a father of six children, and I'm going, look, if, if you came to my house 
20 years ago and it was in great shape and you came here today and my sewers backed up and termites are infesting the place and there's rat droppings on my kitchen counter, you would be like, dude, don't blame your neighbors or any outside forces like termites and rats. You neglected your duty. Yeah. You have a sacred duty to raise your family. This happened on your watch. Yeah. Get your act together. And I think that's what Christians are starting to do. Yeah. No, that's it. You bring that's up awesome. an excellent yeah. point. One thing I have said is is I want to love I want to love our elder believers who, you know, uh, sort of dominated the last generation. We're behind them now. I want to love them and show them respect. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge, look, a lot of this happened on your watch. You let a lot of this stuff go. Oh, that's, there you go. You let a lot of this stuff go. And uh, we're, we're, now we are eating the fruit of it. And uh, yeah, what, what, what you see today, I think this rising tide of believers who are saying, no, we need to bring the word of God into conflict with these things. We need to bring the proclamation of the gospel into these things, is you're see, seeing people recognize that, look, our defeatist attitude of the last generation has only led to chaos and more darkness. And so when the church isn't salt and when the church isn't light, mm-hmm. we fail in our duty. And so I am just, I'm grateful for pe- many people like you, Kirk, that are actually people that, that, that hold a level of respect in, in our society and standing up and saying, no, this is wrong. And I love, Kirk, what you're doing is that you're not approaching this, and this is why I, I am grateful for you, you're not approaching this when you approach these issues with a Christless conservatism. Right. Yeah. You're approaching it as a follower of Christ, and you're approaching it in these children's books with what? With the Word of God. Here's what, here's what God's Word says to you, children. Here's what, here are the blessings of God in your life. You're doing this, pointing them to God, to Christ, to God's Word, and that's what I'm so grateful for, because one of the things that I fear, Kirk, I fear that people will say, look, we all know communism is bad. And the, and the question is, well, how do you know communism is bad? Who says communism is bad? What worldview uh, provides a foundation to say communism is bad? And the conservatism that basically says, well, let's fight all of these evils devoid of uh, an explicit commitment to God's word and to Christ I feel like that's a completely failed approach. There's no hope for transformation and new eyes and a new heart. And so I'm grateful, Kirk, that you are doing it standing as a follower of Christ. How do I follow that up other than to say (laughs) amen and amen? And I want to just hit rewind. And I want people who are listening to this to hit rewind and listen again to what you just said. I think that's exactly right. Um, May I add this? Christless conservatism cannot solve the problem. Uh, I love listening to Jordan Peterson. I like listening to Ben Shapiro. I like listening to Dennis Prager. I think I think many people have got really good ideas, but conservatism alone uh, leaves us as men with good advice stuck in Adam's prison, mm. unable to do anything with the advice. It reminds me of Paul and Silas trapped in jail. They had the gospel, the potential to transform the world, but they need an earthquake sent by God. And I think here in America, we need a spiritual earthquake Mm. that throws open the prison doors of sin. And we need to rush out as Christians armed with the only weapon powerful enough to subdue the earth and its institutions, the word of God. And we need to advance the good, not tuck our head between our knees, cry in our Chick-fil-A soup and wait for a rapture. <laughs> we wait, you, wait to... you just heard Kirk Cameron. Yep. Yeah, okay, oh, go snap. ahead. Go ahead. Yep. I'm, on, I'm on a roll here. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a roll. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and, and 
and we need to advance the good. We need to take the truth that we know and redeem a dying culture through a revival. Yeah. Which can only come with a proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. No gospel, no revival. Right. And and I agree with you too, Kirk. I mean, I, I love Jordan Peterson. I'm actually just astonished at some of the things that he said, like when he was on his uh, his show or Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talked about the Bible as as more true yeah. than true, yeah. and that's uh, the very foundation to make truth possible. I thought, is he reading? Right. Va- is he reading Van Til? Um, and and Greg Bonson. Right. I mean, well, goodness gracious, it was it. So I, I appreciate so much what they say, but exactly, and I like how you put that in terms of we're imprisoned. Uh, yeah, that was excellent. That's fantastic, and and the answer is going to be an explicit proclamation of God's truth, which is why I appreciate what you're doing because. Because you didn't go into the public square, um, and I think this is this is where people will fail: is they go into the public square, arguing at public school meetings or you know to the school board or whatever, and just saying like we disagree with these things. We we don't think yeah. that we don't think this is moral. We disagree. Uh, I, that's not what's going to ultimately open people's eyes. Totally. It's yeah. it's going to be this this is a sin. This is unrighteous, and there is hope in Jesus Christ. But we need to turn to God and submit ourselves to Christ, and we need to be healed. Our land needs to be healed, and it's only going to come through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not a Christless conservatism. Were you going to say something? No, I mean, oh, if he yeah, if he please, wants to answer that, or go, yeah. go ahead, Kirk. Go ahead. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to hog the mic. Go ahead, bro. You got good things to say. No, I mean that's what I was thinking about. What I wanted to ask you because it's really encouraging to hear that the voice of the minority is larger than we think, um, larger than yes. what, larger than what we've been led to believe. And I'm sure there's been, you know, prices that you've had to pay and taking mm. a stand for this. And so, you know, just knowing how we can be praying for your family, what that's been like, but also, you know, everywhere we look right now, it seems that all of our conservative figureheads or leaders or role models, if you will, or politicians or athletes or people in the cultural, you know, uh, sphere, or, you know, even for us, we do a lot of work in the pro-life sector. There, there just seems to be a lot of compromise mm-hmm. on all fronts, you know, people backing down, people apologizing, taking a hard stance and then saying, you know what, never mind, I offended you. So therefore I have to come out and apologize. And I just want to know, I mean, the answer is probably in the question, but as a conservative, Bible-believing Christian, a patriot, someone that loves God's word, someone that loves this nation, how have you not been able to compromise? Mm. That's a good question. Wow, there's so many, so many things here. I want to, I want to, I want to jump in on. Um, how have I not? How have, how have I been able to not compromise? Um, well, I, I know who I'm talking to. And um, those who are listening have been fed such a steady diet of red meat. Uh, you guys are on the theological carnivore diet. And, <laughs> and, and so I know that obviously it is the grace and kindness and preserving grace of God that Amen. keeps me from diving off the cliff into the ocean of sin. Um, but I also know that... I. I I've got the best deal in the world. I've got the forgiveness of my sins. I have eternal life. I have a father who loves me and has sealed me into his covenant. He's loved me from before the foundation of the world. And he's got a purpose to advance his kingdom in some way through me. I don't, I don't want to do anything to offend my father. And I've got six children who look to me. I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to hurt my wife. And 
there are millions of people out there who have been heartbroken and discouraged and um, disillusioned by important Christian leaders face planting at in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. I, I think of Ravi Zacharias, mm. who was a friend of mine, and I still can't believe when I look at his texts on my phone, how kind, how tenderhearted, how theologically astute, how helpful he was to me. And then to see this, it like, it shocked me. Mm. I should say this, it surprised me. It, no, it shocked me. But based on what I read in, the, read in the Bible, it shouldn't surprise me because sin runs so deep. And I don't know Ravi's heart, but if all of this is true and it appears to be, um, man, I want to have my stuff together with God. And, mm. and that's why the fear of the Lord mm. is always my priority. There you go. Because that's I don't want to slip and fall into hypocrisy, idolatry, and gross sin and disqualify myself. That's, it's so amazing that you went through that. That, that right yeah. there, the fear of the Lord, that's the main thing, the foundation of the fear of the Lord. And I think that that's, totally. the, thing, that's the thing that gets people apologizing on national television for offending particular yeah. communities. That's the thing that stops legislators uh, from doing what they know to be right. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've sat in front of in the last couple of years, legislators in countries who tell me with tears in their eyes, I know this is the right thing to do. I believe it. I know that it has to be done. But they'll say something like, but not now. Not now. It's not time. Not yet. And the answer is no, don't delay justice. God commands against that. And you have to be courageous. And I think that's the core issue, Kirk, is just that point is there's no fear of God. If you fear God, you will fight against compromise. If you fear God, you'll die burning on a stake because you fear God more than you fear men. And so yeah. I was going to say that when I was a child in my my blue sleeper with my footies, <laughs> I thought that I really liked you and I had a poster. But Kirk, I need a new poster. This time, maybe you like this. <laughs> and uh, we'll put we'll put that one up. But no, I had great. one last question that I'll kick over to Luke. My, my question was, Kirk, um, you mentioned something that probably a lot of people were like, well, scratch your head, like, well, wait, what? Um, so you're fighting, and you're fighting in the public square. You're fighting with the Word of God. You're fighting with the truth. You're, uh, you're, you're trying to stay with fidelity to Christ and faithful to Him, not compromising. And you mentioned, like, you know, you know, this idea of, like, just waiting for a rapture to get out of here. Like, uh, where, where are you standing now um, in terms of, like, okay, you're fighting. Like, you're, you're a follower of Christ, but you're fighting, uh, which we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, you, what are you standing on as a Christian in terms of the Word of God? What shaped your heart and your mind to, to make you think like that? Uh, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, uh, I, 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 let's see. So I come from some theological backgrounds and travel to many, many churches where I speak, and, and whether it's on an airplane or, or I'm hanging out you know, having lunch with somebody, people talk about the culture in very uh, hopeless terms. Uh, I was even talking to a very prominent Christian leader that everyone in the world knows who said, there's no hope for America. We're past the point where things could get better. I have some of my own theological mentors who I've heard them say, uh, we lose. We as Christians lose down here. And, and that we are beyond recovery as a culture. And I get that it's exciting for people to think that, that they could see 
the, the, the heavens opened and Christ returned in their lifetime. But history and, and I believe the Bible just obliterate that whole pessimistic, fatalistic mindset. If you go back in history and you look during the times of the ancient Roman Empire, or you look at the Babylonians and the Egyptians and what they did to the people of God, people were being fed the lions. They were being impaled yeah. on a stake, roasted and used as human torches to illuminate gladiatorial games. It's not that bad in America yet, yeah. but it can get there. And here's what I find interesting. God never said, fear them. He said, fear me and I will bury your enemies. But mm. if you forget me, I will bring your enemies to discipline you. Mm. And I can't help but wonder if we are in a place here in America where we have so forgotten and neglected the source of our blessings and our protection and gone after other gods like comfort, money, pleasure, instant gratification. We've set ourselves up as gods, uh, creating you know gender in our own image, among other things, that God has said, okay, I'm taking my hands off and why don't you have what you want till you choke on it? Mm -hmm. And right. uh, we're, we're choking, mm -hmm. uh, we're on life support now. And what, what, what gives me hope and where I stand is that there have been great awakenings during times of moral decline, spiritual apathy and economic collapse in the past. In fact, that's always when it happens historically. We've had a couple of them here in America and if we had them then, why not now? Mm. That's right, yeah, it, but it always it always came with a problem. I, I like Kirk. It's, we'll see you at, at ReformCon 2024. It reminds um, me of you know, what God says in my Isaiah. My beard's not long enough. No, you we'll get it, we'll get it there. You got time. It reminds you, you me time. of what God says in Isaiah, where He's like, "Who are you that you should be afraid of a man yeah. who will die? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's who's like, this uncircumcised he's like, Philistine? He's like rebuking them for their pride of being afraid mm -hmm. of men mm -hmm. instead of Him. And that's just what I hear. All right. Can I share with you uh, a story that Dinesh D'Souza shared with me? Yeah. Dinesh, uh, I was at this event that, that a friend of mine put together called Hope Rising. No, no, no. It was called uh, Non-Essential. This was when, uh, when here in the communist state of California, our governor, <laughs> Gavin Mussolini, uh, put us all under, under, <laughs> under house arrest, and we couldn't go to church or businesses or stores. You could go to a weed shop. You could go to a yeah. um, abortion clinic uh, or a strip club, but you couldn't go to church. And we had an event called non-essential uh, referring to the church being deemed non-essential by our governor. Mm. And, and Dinesh, while he doesn't talk about his faith that often, I asked him to pray for thousands of people there at this event. That man just took us all to school on how to pray. I was blown away. And he shared a story about a circus where they had a, a big giant lion with huge teeth and, and rippling muscles that was sitting politely on this little stool. And then out came this skinny, wimpy little lion tamer man with a whip in his hand. And that lion did exactly what that lion tamer told him to do. And then he asked the question, who is more powerful, the lion or the lion tamer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the lion mm -hmm. is infinitely more power than the, than the lion tamer. But he said the lion has been convinced that he must obey the lion tamer because since he was a little cub, he was trained with that whip and mm -hmm. he's become fearful of him. And now he doesn't realize his own strength and he could eat him in one bite. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is what happens when 
we as the family of faith here in America, we are so massive. We are we are we are legion here who love God, who prioritize family, who recognize the biblical principles of the Constitution bring blessing. We are way more powerful than the insecure elite who crack the whip and cause us to submit through fear. If only the lion knew how strong he was, it's a game changer. If only the family of faith could recognize the power we possess, we would roar and it would, it would, it would shatter uh, this, this elite facade that is causing so much fear. Mm. And, and I think that we can do it. Yes, we can. Man, I like that. All right. Fantastic. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Do you have time for one more? I think you're running out of time here. I wanted to respect that. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, let's uh I, one I just more. I, I think I heard I saw in another interview with the the storybook hour reading that you've been doing and um and I think you were saying that you intentionally were trying to go read your book in libraries where they already had allowed drag queens and I believe the majority of them told you no. Is that correct? And I, if so, I That's wanted right. to hear you talk about that because I think it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do a public reading and I, I requested at all these libraries and I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that previously <sighs> held drag queen story hours. So if you want to be a man pretending to be a woman dressing in fishnet stockings and heels and... Um, sexualized children in public libraries sponsored by taxpayer dollars, you can do that. But if you want to go in and talk to kids about love, joy, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, it's a hard no. That's mm -hmm. where we started. And when we finally pushed back, um, they recognized they were in violation of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. And while this wasn't about uh, getting into a political legal battle, uh, we have to go there today because that's where the battles are being fought. Yep. These woke people and institutions don't have the kind of integrity and self-governing ability to do the right thing at the outset. They will push you all the way back to the corner where you are in a courtroom. And if we're not willing or have the grit to go there, uh, they will use that to bully us into submission. So unfortunately, um, again, our fault. We've apathetically had our head in the, in our, in the sand, enjoying our Bible studies and our, our theological nuances. Uh, and some of us with cigars and whiskey, uh, others who, who are just teetotalers. But the problem is we had no game for decades and decades. Mm. And the left has a ground game. Mm -hmm. They have not only a worldview and a comprehensive one at that, that is going to manifest in education, government, church, culture, uh, military, Media. medical community, yep. everything. Yep. They've got a way of advancing it, and they're looking to play the long game. Christians, unfortunately, have been playing the short game. Yep. We thought Jesus was coming back in the 1980s. We thought he was coming back in the 90s. We thought we knew who the Antichrist was. Well, they've been saying that for an awful long time. Meanwhile, rather than looking to be rescued, the left has had a ground game to create the world they want, which is precisely the Great Commission. That's the cultural mandate that we were tasked with. Mm -hmm. Go create a world wherein righteousness dwells. Mm. But we haven't. And now we're where we see we are. <laughs>
goodness gracious. Can we just end it right there? Yeah. What a way to end that conversation. Oh, my goodness. That was a much better answer I love you a lot, Kirk. Hey, hey, uh, just I know you got to go. So uh, your books, you got you got the first book, Start of Trouble there at the library, and you got a new book that dropped today. So what is it, where, and where do you want everyone to go to get it? Ta-da! It's called Pride Comes Before the Fall. It's dropping, or should I say, uh, coming out in bookstores uh, today, June 1st. And you could really do an awesome thing and go to bravebooks.com. They're a great company. Uh, and if you subscribe to the Book of the Month Club, you get my book, not, not, not only my book, for free, but you get a new book that comes to your front door every single month with a pro-God, pro-America value. And it warns about the dangers of stuff like communism, um, critical race theory, and teaches the virtues of the fruit of the spirit and biblical wisdom. And the back has activities and games for the family to pull everybody together and reinforce the concepts in the book. Just go to bravebooks.com and sign up for the Book of the Month Club. Oh, Very cool. Kirk Cameron, everybody. I love him, and I'm grateful for you, brother. Thank you for all you're doing. I hope that we can do more with you in the future. And... Uh, uh, yeah, just I'm great. I'm grateful you made the time today for it to spend to spend with us, brother. Thank you. Yes, thank my you. my my pleasure. It's an honor to speak with you, and I'm I thank God for all of you and the work that you're doing. Please keep it up. Don't uh, quit. I appreciate you, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Kirk. All right. Thanks, Take care. Thanks, brother. All right. Bye bye. Man, I got some growing pains after that. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I don't think that obviously that was incredible, but. I don't know if you enjoyed it as much as like. I mean, it's it's much more meaningful to us. Oh come on! When you're a little boy watching Kirk Cameron on TV, I mean, like every. You have a poster in your room of the. See, I know, but the truth is the truth. The, the truth is the truth. Spoke it. The truth is the like. truth. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just that, like you know. Maybe it's more nostalgic <clears throat> for you. When when we was kids. When we was kids. Um, it was just a different. It was just a different season because, like you know, you couldn't just be like. Hey, I want to watch some Growing Pains to so go pull up Netflix or something and just like watch it. You had to like, you know, you're just waiting all week for like, you know, that, that showtime is at this time. Make sure yeah, you finish not. your dinner. I had that too. And huh? we had to use VCRs the same way that you guys did. I don't know. I don't know if you were quite where we were. But like when we, back in my day when we was kids, <laughs> um, it was like, it, what were there? Like lose like three channels and then like you just expanded like to that. like another one. You're like, oh, we got like five channels yeah, now. We got seven channels. channels. I remember when MTV came out, it was like, there's a whole station dedicated to yeah. music and we weren't allowed to watch it. Yeah. You get a spanking if you watched it. I didn't even have cable. It had Run it. DMC on it and Uh-oh. all kinds of other baddies. <laughs> and that was that's tame compared to what it is now. Compared to the Cardi B's of today, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, then, it was like LL Cool J. Yeah, was, and yep. yeah, that was that was that's a blast. Those were the days. Those were the days. Hey, y'all heard Kirk Cameron say some stuff on that just now. You did. You, Is it just me, or was there a victorious optimism? I feel there like there was a the poster boy theme. of disappointing and pessimistic eschatologies. I feel like he's on a different path. Yeah, now. he's he's had a change of heart. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely had a change of heart. Very optimistic. I mean, he said like you know we thought we knew who the Antichrist was. It's like bro, you did a movie about it. Yeah, <laughs> you talked. To what him was the what was the, the Antichrist uh, name in that? Nikolai uh, Carpathia. Ni- yeah. You knew it. Yeah, of course you knew it. I knew it. You read the books, didn't you? Did well, you? Some of them. I yeah, I read the first yeah. book. Yeah, I read the first book. Yeah, because that's when Russia. You know, not that Russia's good now, but. Russia was like the Gog enemy. and Magog. Yeah, like mm-hmm. so. Gog of and course, Magog. all the bad guys were yeah. Russian. Nikolai came out of that. 
yeah. corner of the world, right? Yep, yep, yep. I wonder how this. I wonder if this could work for us here. Let me see here real fast. Let me see you do, here. What are you doing? The eighties. I'm just. I'm doing. I'm, try, I'm trying quiz. to see. I'm trying to see. Here? I'm, trying to, quiz? I'm trying to see if this will work. Hold on a second. No, I do. Where's the sound? I don't have any sound here. You know what's here. funny is uh, Gabe, while you're you looking that up. Turn my sound. I've been. Uh, okay, hold on. I was watching. Why is uh, it so low? Turn my sound up there, Gabe. I want to try. I'm going to try a little test on a. I'm trying a little test on, and you can't look at the screen. Oh, don't right. look at the screen. Is this for him or me? I'll look this, well, you're gonna see it, so you'll yeah, know. I already, I'm gonna know the answers. Know all the answers I'm gonna know well, all the answers. Give me a shot. Okay, okay. Rook, Eye. Rook Eye. Well, first of all, where's that from? Rook Eye. Rook Eye. I don't know. Oh, dude. <laughs> Rook Rook Eye. Oh, uh, Karate Kid. Oh, thank you, Vern. Go. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Okay, so Rook Eye. Rook Eye. Okay, here we go. Ready? Let's. I will try not to sing out of key. What show? Oh, baby, what show? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, oh I, these are, no. This is hard Every failure. person who's watching this right now is so disappointed this right is, now. My kids know what that is. My you wife, had culture that I didn't, I my, No, because my wife has raised them appropriately. So they okay. know they've watched the okay. whole series well, of Okay, show. thank you, Here mom we go. and dad. All right, all right, all right. Another one, another one, another one. Ready? You got kicked that sound up, Gabe. What we do yeah, I have no idea. Oh, no. <laughs> you missed out on the best of life of the last generation. I grew up on Fresh hey, Prince. That's Family Ties. Family, family ties, Matters. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, oh, Family okay. Ties. Okay, hold on. Let's see this. Ready? Next one. See, I wasn't allowed to watch oh, this show. Oh, I know this one. It was called Love and Marriage. Nope. No. No. Uh, I wasn't allowed. This was a very I know the inappropriate guy. show. The husband was kind of a buffoon. He he was un, yeah. unreliable. Yeah, part of our cultural demise of like right. turning the dad into a, a momo. Marriage yeah. and children. Ma married with children. Married with married children. Al Very Bundy. Close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone Christina did have Applegate a, everyone did have a everyone yeah. did have a See, crush on a Christina Applegate. Like Fresh Prince, Roseanne. Oh, for sure. Family Matters. Yeah, um, yeah. Like all all the nineties. He's a nineties. He's a nineties kid. You're not really an eighties kid. You're ninety. What, what, what yeah, month were you born? Full House. What 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 month? August. August, yeah, you weren't even—you barely, you, 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 you barely made it into yeah. the one of the greatest well decades. You might as well say you one of the greatest at that point. <laughs> decades, you barely made it into it. Okay, here we go. Ready? Another one. Let's. I'm going to see how much we got. The audience right now. Let's see if you guys can answer You're quicker than score. It's not quicker, well quicker so than Conover. Okay, let's see. Ready? Oh, oh the Cosby Show. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. I was going to say you had to know that one. Okay, you had to know that one. You okay. did it. I'm proud of you. You knew the Cosby Show. Okay, good. All right. The Huxtables. That's right. The Huxtables. You were allowed to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you that go. Actually was a really it was good wholesome. Show. It yeah. was like tradition. You know, yeah. the father was involved. And yeah. Only we knew yeah. he was a perv. Loving family. Right. Didn't know he was drugging people. Sorry to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's not bewitched. That's like the Mark and 60s. Mindy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark and Mindy. That's I have no idea. Mark and Mindy. Oh my, that's I have to confession though. That's that's like well, Mark and Mindy was, was like seventies. Like I feel like that was like maybe eighty, like okay. eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, because was... I was real litty with yeah. Mark or Mindy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Oh, bro, this is one of my favorite shows of all. Like um, this show. Happy days. No. Okay. <laughs> he said happy That's days. That's like 60s. Happy so. days. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Tony Danza. Um, and what's his face? Annie Kaufman. I don't know, man. Taxi. 
Dude, I love Taxi. I could watch that show all day. Taxi, long. Taxi. Our audience is probably loving think, this I right now. I don't feel like that's eighties though either. I feel like that was <sighs> really. When wait, was, wait, hold on wait. now. Taxi. No, Taxi was definitely eighties. Yeah, okay. that was date. That was. When 80s. was Cheers? Eighties. Uh, okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. My family. They. When I was a kid, this is a little little too much info, but they would put that theme song on just yeah. to watch me cry. Because it made me cry. Really? Are you looking at your <laughs> crying like right now? Four or five yeah, I just saw some tears form in your eyes yeah, just now. Just talking me. about as like a four or five year old. Yeah. Like they would just put it on. It was like, everybody knows your name. And yeah. something about that song yeah. just resonated with me. Oh, emotions. yeah. I was like, That's oh, such so emotion yeah. in these, these songs, these sitcom beginnings. Oh, okay, man. So Taxi uh, was 78 to 83. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. So. 80s. But I feel like you're right, though. It's like, yeah, I was like, really back yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's try again. Ready? Audience. Let's see if you can beat Conover to the name of the show. Ready? To the beat of just one drum, what might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means. Then along come two. They got nothing but the dreams, but they got different strokes it takes. It's different, different strokes for different folks. Different. <laughs> He's the name of the show. Different strokes. No, the name of the show was just different strokes. Different strokes. Yeah, yeah, but it's that. That's that's kind of right. not fair because it's it's in the thing. Yeah. So, uh, for the record, helps. Mork and Mindy, seventy-eight to eighty-two. Yeah, I just I, yeah. I I distinctly remember watching Robin Williams as a little boy in front of the TV of Mork and Mindy. I wasn't even a glimmer in my daddy's eye. I loved him. No. I loved him. Okay, here we go. Said the name if you don't if you didn't get it. Come on, Tootie. No idea. It's the facts of life, facts baby. Of life. It's the facts of life. I've never heard of it. Not on, uh, uh, but to be to be honest, not not as popular as many '80s shows. And if you guys are just getting on the show today, you're learning what's going on. Look, we're having a good time here. We are. We're having a good time here. Things, we talked about theology. Fun. You got an epic 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 message from Kirk Cameron. And look. I mean, how often do you get one of the cultural icons of the 80s to be on your show talking about Jesus and taking dominion over the world because of the gospel? Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing an 80s a little celebration right now. And and I want to see if you guys can beat Conover to the punch. Here we go. So that was facts. It hasn't been too difficult. So. Facts of life. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you guys think, audience? Facts of life. Real popular? I don't it was feel pretty like, popular. Did you really? Yeah. I don't know. I did see it. I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't, it's you know, my family's jam. I don't know. Let's see if this is your jam. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing My wife Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser is definitely nice. Okay. Perfect strangers. Oh yeah. Perfect strangers. Oh. My wife. And it's so that, funny. That means nothing to me. It, it, I don't even recognize. Oh, it was a good show. It was funny. My wife it was funny. Playlist. She's. She, Any theme she song the from expert? the 80s, she yeah. knows it. But did you, did you, are you all noticing, though, that the, the interesting thing about the 80s, it was such a weird time cool because thing. because the, the music all had the same. That's why, like, Stranger Things can yeah. just create a beat yeah. with a synthesizer and, like, you go 80s. That feels like yeah. 80s. Like, yeah. 80s had, like, it's almost like everybody was like, that's going to be our, that's going to be our music. And here's how we're going to do theme uh, show openings. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, like, one of the unique things I think that's interesting about today is, like, you know, you have, like, TV shows and movies where everyone tries to be innovative and yeah. creative. I like that better, personally, because it's like there's always some new feeling, some new genre. It just feels 
different, but I feel like the 80s is like everyone sort of like had a meeting and they were like... Everyone's pulling from the past. They're all going to yeah. sound like this. Our shows are going to sound like this. We're going to do all of our sitcom openings with the same feeling and probably the same singers. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, it just, it all felt yeah. the same. And every 80s movie you see, it's got the same, same vibe. feel, the same vibe. It's it, I just decided we're all going to make this exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I actually, one of the things I appreciate about our, about our last decade is like there's a lot of innovation and so, like, you know, everyone tries to do, like, something new and different. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good attribute of God. He's innovative. Mm-hmm. You know, is, he, creates a, he creates out of nothing. He's something good. He's creative. Right. Yeah. He's Makes innovative. Me, All right. So here we go. Ready? Uh, next one. And uh, let's see who, who answers it faster. Here we go. Oh, gosh. This is good old boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the name of the song, though. I had this though. Did you have the toy car? Yeah. I'm oh, 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 hang on. Dukes of Hazard. Yes. I was Dukes literally singing that to Zach yesterday when we were moving chairs around. Yeah, were you? It was just the two of us. I was like, Did you have it? Oh, did, did you have it? The little toy car. Little I, yeah, I had. Sure. I had a Dukes of Hazard playset. And little oh. Dukes had. Yeah. You could launch it. Pew. Yeah. Little Confederate flag on it. Pew. Yeah. All right. I got that one. Okay. Give me a second. Dukes of Hazard. That was certainly a popular not one. Too bad. I, see, here. I, not yeah, too bad. I mean, I was yeah, you're doing pretty good, actually. You're doing pretty good for someone that's not really an 80s child. Okay. Here we go. He's got a couple. Yeah, here we go. Exciting and Come aboard. Oh. Sounds like a bad Neil Diamond ripoff. It, it's going to say in the moment here, we'll see. Yeah, there was a show called The Love Boat. The Love Boat. Yeah, The Love Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. And This is a very big learning experience. It is. It is. It's fun. Here's the thing. Look, to be honest with you, uh, you should raise your children on these shows. (laughs) Um, Because I was and I'm fine. Because if not, you'll get to come on (laughs) Apologia Radio and get your gaps exposed. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know, like, for example, like, I don't know how you guys are in the audience, but like, one of the shows, like to this day, if I hear the music, I just go back like immediately because it was the show when I went to bed all through like middle school and high school that was always on when I was finally going to bed and I would fall asleep to it on my little TV. And it was, you know, it wasn't like a flat screen TV. It was a little box TV like Man. this. And it was MASH. Oh, oh okay. dude, I grew up on MASH. Yeah. I've seen every episode. I actually know yeah. what that one is. I was raised on MASH. Oh, I, I was, was raised on the MASH. That was my dad's show. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've when that song. I had the Atari game, too. What? There's an Atari game. There was a MASH Atari game? How did I miss this? It was amazing. Oh, What did you do in it? You were like a helicopter, and you had to come and like rescue people. Dude, how did I miss that? I had an Atari set. I didn't see that game. That's pretty awesome. It was my favorite Atari Back game. Back when games were simpler. But yeah, now Zach's when I... like, I don't know what an Atari no, is. No, I know Atari. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have one, played though. one. Yeah, you didn't have one. <laughs> I've seen He's pictures like, <laughs> in the museums. <laughs> He's the, like, I'm not that old. Yeah. Like, it's just this. Uh, you could do like up, down, like side to side. That's all you can do. Boop. The range of motion was Shoot. limited. Actually, you are born in 89. Isn't 89 the year? It was 89 the year that Nintendo came out? Nintendo was the first... The video game I ever saw, but it was all about Super Nintendo. That yeah, was what we had. Yeah, I feel like it was eighty-eight or eighty-nine that Nintendo came out. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yep. Okay. Yep. I know my parents loved me. Stand this is the spinoff of the Cosby Show. Right? Oh, 
have to confess, I know this song, but I don't. This is, yep, yep. This is a spinoff. A different world. A different world, yeah, because uh, Den- uh, Denise, was it Denise? No. The second one went to college, and then it was a spinoff because that was like That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, very good. Okay. Yeah, look, I, I know the song. I wasn't a big was fan a of the show. show. Yeah, I wasn't a big was fan funny. of it. Here we go. Ready? Wait, wait, I know this song. I know the show. It's got a regal sound. It, it's, uh... Is this Dallas? Uh, uh, uh Dynasty. Oh, Dynasty, that's Dynasty. right. Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. That was a very Texas show yeah, right see, there. Yeah, see, I never watched it. That's a very Texas show right there. Dynasty. Dynasty. Speaking of dynasties, let's talk about Christ's kingdom. Okay, I like that. <laughs> one that doesn't <laughs> fade. Great transition. <laughs> Good transition yeah. from the dynasty. One that never fades. Yeah. Um, so uh, Christ's empire, everyone. Oh look, yeah, look. I just I'm looking at the the feed right now. You guys are all. Uh, you guys were. You guys were on it with with the with these things. See, Darren, uh, Bobby Hill. Darren's did. He uh, played the Atari Mash game too. Yeah, did he? I didn't even know they had one. Okay, He's, so he probably looked like he did this week when he played that game he looks the same it's, don't ever so, shave your beard around luke yeah you'll get it from all of us i, I was i was busting darren's chops the whole car ride and everywhere like, we who, have we met everywhere we were uh, yeah we? i was just yes i was just looking at him, this was like disappointment in my eyes <laughs> like literally his chops must have been yeah. sore from all yeah the, darren's all did baby baby face did <laughs> <laughs> baby face did <laughs> Um, uh, on that note, on that note, uh, guys. So Christ Kingdom, yeah, Christ Kingdom. So uh, Kirk Cameron, isn't it awesome to hear someone like Kirk Cameron uh, giving these truths? And I, I wanted to look. I, I wanted to ask the question uh, before we got off with Kirk. I wanted to ask that specific question about like, well, what is it you're standing on that is causing you to actually fight the way that you're fighting? And the reason why I asked the question is because all of our beliefs have consequences. Well, they ought to, or we don't really believe them, right? Uh, everything you believe should have consequences in your life. And like I said, if it has no consequences, it's because you probably don't really believe it. And so um, when you see someone like Kirk doing what he's doing and fighting these fights as an actor, as an old 80s uh, cultural icon, you know, he was, he, I mean... I don't, if you didn't grow up in the 80s, you probably don't understand. But, like, you know, Kirk Cameron's kind of a big deal. Um, and to have him uh, speaking out in this way is, is, is encouraging because, generally speaking, you would say, like, people who were, like, at this stage of acting or movie making or sports or whatever, they're afraid to open their mouths because it's going to impact uh, them financially. I and mean, that's kind of the, the yeah. end thing there is like, this will, this will impact me financially. It'll ruin my career. It's going to ruin my reputation. And so they're not willing to speak up. And so it is refreshing to see someone like Kirk speaking up. And I just wanted to, I wanted to just say, okay, like help everyone to like, see where you're standing. And it's clear where he's, he's standing. He's standing. I think the main things that I got is that it's fear of God. That'll keep you from compromise. And it'll actually make you fight these, th- these fights. But it's also, his perspective that he mentioned there at the end is something that everybody has to know and understand as Christians. This is very important. And this will probably be the final thing I say in the show today. And that is that um, he's exactly right. Kirk is right that the left, the communists, the Marxists, 
they have had the long game vision and they literally, you can read their books writing about it in the 60s that like literally we're doing this a long game. How do we turn America who fights against communism across the world uh, makes excuses for wars over communism? Like we're fighting this because communism. Mm -hmm. And like you've got like, you know, young boys uh, barely graduating high school or not graduating high school going off to wars to fight what? Communism. Mm -hmm. Proudly lay down their lives, give up their life for their country for fighting communism. And so those communists came to America and they said, how will we get America to start believing this? Well, clearly we can't beat them in warfare. Yeah. So let's, let's wage a different kind of war. And the war that they said they wanted to wage was a long war where they would take over academia. Mm -hmm. They would take over the media. Law. Family. They government. would take over the family. They would do these things and they would do it the long game. How long do walk through the institutions? Exactly. Through the institutions. And they did. Yep. They did. They won. They successfully did. I mean, you've got people today who believe all these crazy things that are so moral, so sinful, so wrong. We fought wars over. You've got them as the leaders of institutions today, teaching classes in old Christian institutions. Yeah. You've got like Oxford, Cambridge, Yale, Harvard, all these schools all the now Ivies. that we gave all the Ivies. They, we gave the world these schools. The Christian worldview gave the world these schools and the basis of the Christian worldview and the word of God and the authority of Christ. And now you've got people running them who absolutely despise everything those institutions were started on the basis of. Yep. Within one generation. Within a generation. It's 40 years. crazy. 30, 40 years. It's within oh. a generation. I mean, I don't even know if the communists thought that they were going to be that successful. Like, we're going to play the long game, but like, really? It's only going to take a generation? Yeah. I mean, actually, I, I was I was thinking, um, speaking of the 80s, uh, there was a movie, and I don't remember how, why I saw it recently, but I thought, that's so funny. And Candy was like in the room with me when the part came on. Teen Wolf. Oh, uh, classic. Teen Wolf. See, I know that one. Michael See, J. Fox. He knows it, but you didn't know where you got to start. Big time famous movie. Michael, uh, Teen Wolf 2 was stupid. Atrocious. It was horrible. It was yeah. atrocious. Uh, but Teen Wolf was like huge. And there was a part in um, Teen Wolf where he finally reveals to his friend, and I forget what his friend's name is. Styles. Styles. Uh, when he reveals to Styles in Styles' garage, Styles is looking for his stash. Right. He's looking for his marijuana. Right. And uh, I didn't he, know if he his mustache. He, yeah, he reveals to him that he's actually, he can change into a wolf. But in that conversation, Styles is like mocking homosexuality. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Because in the 80s, that, that listen, in the 80s, that was still a thematic. Yeah. Throughout films, media, and all the rest, locker room talk. Yeah, right? you you would. That's gay, bro. You would talk. Like, yeah, exactly. Gay. You you were in the '80s media that was being dissed. Although you started seeing little introductions, it was like a piece at a time. Desensitized. The it was desensitized. It was not all at once. Turn was, the water up slowly. It wasn't like look. Like, here's what I'm saying. Brokeback Mountain couldn't have come out in 1982. Right. New. Yep. Or 92. Like, I mean, Brokeback Mountain could have come out in 1982 in like a, a in, in like a seedy back alley, New York City adult men's uh, shop. Uh, uh, that's where it could have come out. But it couldn't have come out and been like a hit in the theaters because it still wasn't worked in enough yet. Like they needed to say, like, you need to have characters in the movie that are like the lovable, the lovable um, LGBT people, like yeah. you need to have them as the heroes. Yeah. They're they're the, they're the good friends. They're, they're the ones with all the wisdom and the good advice. Yeah, and, and so we portray them this way. And so, like, you see this this cultural transformation where, like, in the in the fifties, you've got PSAs, 
uh, public service <laughs> announcements about the homosexual in your community. Yeah. And then in the and 80s, communism. little introductions of, you know, the homosexual character and everything else. And then you have sort of like the 90s was like a big push, a big push and turnover of like now it's now it's commonplace. You better accept it. And if you don't accept it, you're a bigot and you're the bad guy and you're the mean one. Um, and then you get to this place now where it's like just forced on everyone's throats. Now, Everything what you just described is what Vody gave that whole talk about how the agenda was, you know, foisted upon the public. Where's this talk at? Which one? I'll have to link it. I just saw a link of it on Twitter. Oh, I want to hear that. But he talks about how they explicitly say in their plans that this was mm-hmm. what they were going to use. They were going to use propaganda. Mm-hmm. They were going to use lies. They were going to use deception, and they were going to do three things. They were going to desensitize, jam, and convert, right? So they were going to slowly but surely introduce the, the kind gay characters and you know, re, uh, reduce the sensitivity to those things. And then anyone who would want to speak up in opposition to that and say, no, this is immoral, this is ungodly, God doesn't accept this behavior, these lifestyles, would immediately be labeled um, a, a KKK or you know, someone that hated people and that was judgmental, right? That the negative connotations, mm-hmm. like you just hate people. You want to, you know, see them dead and, you know, you are trampling on their civil rights, all of these things. So any Christian voice, so to speak, that rose up against this was immediately labeled bigot, hateful, homophobe, all of that. So they were blocked, right? The, the opposition was blocked. But then the third phase was all about conversion, right? How do we create allies, which is what the A in the LGBTQIA stands for, right? How do we create allies? People that aren't even necessarily gay or homosexual, but are straight, but are advocating for the rights, the civil rights of the gay. I, I won't even use the phrase community because there can't be meaningful, really, community, out of that in, in the strictest, most basic sense. Yeah. But that was how this whole plot was was foisted upon the public, right? The, the desensitization, jamming, and then ultimately the conversion where now um, it's gone from being publicly accepted, right? This is an allowance. We're going to carve out a small sector uh, where this group can exist and, and still have their thing, but they're not going to bother you. And in one generation, we've gone from uh, that whole thing being introduced to now where we are, where it is demanded that you celebrate. It is demanded that you not only give your stamp of approval, but you dance in the streets mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. over the perversion. Mm-hmm. So, you want to feel really old? What? Probably not. You don't want to. But it just dawned on me that we are in the tail end of being within a generation of the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah. encouraging. No, actually, what Kirk said about that too. Hold on. Actually, we are out of that. We are out of that generation officially it has been a generation yeah we're yeah. three years out of that well generation is 40 years yeah so well so we have another seven years to be in of the late 80s but yeah 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 thanks for that You're okay. appreciate it <laughs> feel old Just, yeah but what he said that. about that was really encouraging yeah. like this if this happened in a generation then with faithful christian activity what's going to happen in the next generation hey the holy spirit was poured out of pentecost that was one day true yeah. that the gospel exploded across the empire after proclamation of the gospel in one day. So I'll take another one of those. Yeah. 
I, I'd like to order one of those, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll have one of those on a side of fries. I'll take that, please. And uh, yeah, we're grateful for Kirk Cameron, guys. We're going to head over in a moment here to um, Apologia's after show. We're going to talk some more. Actually, I wanted to talk a bit about uh, same conversation we're in now, but talk about some biblical foundations for why we should believe that actually there's going to be victory in history. I'm going to do it in a unique way because I'm actually preaching on it this Sunday at church uh, and talk about it in terms of God's wisdom about how unrighteousness uh, doesn't have success. It will lead to death and destruction, and it is actually the righteous that will prosper and it is the righteous that will never be uh, removed. Mm. Uh, but uh, I wanted to encourage you guys all, if you would, uh, first of all, thank you to all of you guys that have given to EAN and give consistently and faithfully to, to EAN. You have helped us to either get in bills across the country this year or to support other churches, pastors, and organizations who've gotten bills in themselves across the country. Over 15 bills of abolition and equal protection have happened this first session. And I just have, I, I have so much I learned this last uh, week. Uh, I just got home last night, so my brain's not really working well right now. Can I have... Uh, uh, you got a Kirk Cameron on the brain? Yeah, I'd have a, a jet lag. Uh, my brain's shut down today. Uh, but I just came back from Alabama for our bill that's there. You guys helped to get that in uh, and to help us to pay for it to be drafted and all the work that we've done there. So I just want to say thank you to all uh, all of you who have given towards EAN and continue to give. We need your help and support desperately because these fights cost money. It, it costs money to get these bills and it costs money to go and fight these battles on the ground and to raise these churches up. It costs uh, money. And so we need your help. And so if you would, please go to endabortionnow.com to give there, to continue to support the work. Uh, thousands of babies have been saved. Look, an Apologia Church is still involved locally with so many other local churches that are out saving lives. We're right now at Apologia helping four mothers. Yeah. Four mothers locally from saves we had. We're helping them take care of their needs and all the rest, helping one with an adoption. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. And so babies are still being saved where their lives are being taken. But of course, you all know that we're all taking it to the next stage of actually establishing justice at the legislature. So please give. Uh, endabortionnow.com is where you go. Uh, hey, and... Um, if I could, uh, Gabe, could you throw up that? Uh, there you go. There's several. Actually. Okay. So um, Andy P, thank you for the super chat. Andy, thank you so much. Would you all ever do an event where all access members can tag along and learn street preaching from you with you guys? Hey, honestly, uh, better than just forming an event for that. Uh, you could come out to Arizona, spend a week. We've got evangelism happening across, uh, across our town uh, at multiple different places if you wanted to come. Uh, we would, of course, probably want to make sure your pastor's okay with that. Um, but just come and spend time and just hang out with Apologia Church as we go out and do evangelism. We'd be happy to do something like that. Is that the only super chat? No, there's several. Actually, it's I'm reading Andy here. It sounds like he lives in Arizona. Uh, he also said, I saw Conover's tweet about faux conservatives, conservatives abandoning conservatism and accepting homosexual allies. It's very problematic. Maybe we can talk about that in the after show. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, guys, so we're going to head over to the after show. If you have Apologia All Access and you are a partner in this ministry with us. You make it all possible. We want to continue to bless you and uh, be an encouragement to you and uh, serve you and do more content for you guys over there. So we're heading over to ApologiaStudios.com. All access. We'll catch you guys over there. Thank you again for being a part of all that we're doing. God bless you guys. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. I'm Jeff the Common Ninja, and that is Conover. Be on the other side. We'll catch you in just a few minutes over there.